Hello everyone and welcome to episode 360 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Seth, doing good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing super well. We got some fun stuff to talk about this week. Uh, but before we get into that, we got another co-host in Cram. Good morning, Cram. What's up today? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, just, you know, getting ready for the holidays. So, you know. Yeah, it's it's that time of year. Uh, happy holidays, everyone, since this is our last cast before the holidays really kick off. But today, Man- mandatory, yes. I won't see you all till next year or some kind of one of those remarks or something <laughs> like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> if, if this if we were in like a, a like an office space, you know, the water cooler talk leaned up against the wall. <laughs> I guess I won't see you guys <laughs> till next year. <laughs> uh, well, we got some non holiday topics today and some good ones because we have some early spoilers. Uh, a few days ago for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. So we're going to talk new Kamigawa spoilers. We're going to talk the first big alchemy tournament and uh, some results from that. Also, some tidbits on the price of modern has been a conversation going on the last few days and then answer some fish mail questions. So that is the overview for the cast today. But before we get into it, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you've probably heard about them from us before. They are a great way to sell your magic collection, and they're offering a new service. It's geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards. With a reduced service fee, with their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards for the best available buy list price with only a 5% fee. And as with all Card Conduit services, you don't get to sort your cards or grade your cards. You get to skip all those hassles and just safely pack your cards up and ship them out. And of course, you'll get a detailed report with the results, so you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy a list up to 150 cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And right now, you can even get another 10% off by going to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish, Card Conduit. They're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thanks so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's start with, I mean, probably the most exciting topic, which is new spoilers, Kamigawa spoilers. We had a early preview stream on Thursday, and we didn't get a ton of cards, but we did get a few pretty exciting ones. So Richard, guide us through some Kamigawa spoilers. All right. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, the next standard set, releasing February 22nd. So that's... Roughly two months from now, uh, Wizards dropped us some cards, so we'll kick it off with Kaito Shizuki, a new Demir Planeswalker, one blue and a black, so three mana value, three starting loyalty. At the beginning of your end step, if Kaito entered the battlefield this turn, he phases out. Plus one, draw a card, then discard a card unless you attack this turn. Minus two, create a 1-1 blue ninja creature token with this creature can't be blocked. Minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a blue or black creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. This card's kind of crazy. This card's like, ah, oh man, it, it's a it's a ninja planeswalker. It's clearly a ninja planeswalker. Everything it does works so well with ninjas. But I actually think this card is just like a legit scary card for any sort of tempo deck. My only concern with it for standard is 
We haven't seen much Kamigawa yet. We haven't seen other ninjas or like the support cards. Right now, if you just look at the standard meta, I don't know what deck you slotted into. I'm sure you could play some sort of like blue black tempo with eye twitches and malevolent hermits or whatever. You could build a deck to go around Historic. it. Ooh, historic. Historic, you got the ninjas. You got the, yeah. the good ninjas, thanks to Historic Horizons. Correct. But I mean, this card's just, it's like legit. You play it, you take it down, you make the 1-1 one, one unblockable, and then it phases out so it can't get attacked, and then it comes back in, and you take it up, and you draw a card with the unblockable. Even that is, like, pretty good value for three mana. And if you can keep it around, like, it's just going to snowball that value turn after turn after turn. Like, a three mana Planeswalker that is uh, plus one to draw a card. Like, sure, you got to hit with a creature, but still, that's kind of insane eh. <laughs> no you don't like it i think it's okay like i think if there is a true like mono blue tempo or like a delverish deck it's it's okay but it's like three banda like draw you know two cards three cards right it's hard to kill but it's only a one one ninja that's it's pooping out right like it, it needs to actually do some serious damage to close the game to get your tempo plan and the other thing is when you hit someone with it and you ultimate like that ultimate doesn't end the game, right? Like you need to keep hitting them and, and doing something. So I actually don't think it's like crazy good. Like I think, you know, if you have a tempo deck, it could be a solid card, but I, I don't think this is like meta warping or anything crazy. Like you're just three mana, draw some cards. Like we have plenty of cards that draw cards nowadays, right? So I don't think it's that crazy. I don't know. This looks pretty good for three mana. I, 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 I think... <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a 1-1 one, one unblockable, and I bet you that that ninja type is going to matter more often than not. As of right now, with no real Kamigawa spoilers, yes, it, it's just okay. But for how cheap it is, there's just no way. That, I mean, oh, I guess there is definitely a way. But I do think that just like that minus two, getting the blue ninja and, and it can't be blocked will be huge. As most things are with ninjas. Like being able to just freely get in like uncontested will usually result in a, a free something nice happening. We need a rune channers. I mean we, like we need we need some serious ooh. equipment to put on this thing. Like you can't be chipping away with one ones, right? Like we need like go tall embercleave or something, right? Like something that really like will kill you in you know three, four turns. I mean, so so I think this card will make a lot more sense once we see the rest of Kamigawa, because if there's two things I associate with Kamigawa, it's uh, equipment and it's ninjas, and this seems to, like, uh, care about both of those things. Like, if you have ninjas, maybe they print a Ninja of the Deep Hours or Ingenious Infiltrator or something, and then even if you're picking up that token, but you're cheating a ninja into play with ninjutsu, that's pretty powerful, and then I'm sure we'll get some sweet Kamigawa equipment to put on the ninja. So, uh, like I said, right now, it's hard to see where this card fits, but I I think once we see the full set, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this was like one of the better cards from our return to Kamigawa. Like, I think it's going to make so much more sense once we see the rest of the set. I'm, I'm excited yeah, for and then a you... mono blue tempo deck, or I guess Demir tempo deck. But like, thank not you, rogues. Richard. Come on, not I don't know. No, oh, oh come on. Deck, but it, it, I don't know. It felt a little off. It didn't feel, like I, I really like the the mono blue tempo deck we had way back. Like that, that felt better. Ugh. Even though people hated that. <laughs> oh my god, I that was one of my least favorite standard decks of the last few years. Oh my goodness, weird. Very obsession deck. <laughs> oh, the the mono blue deck. Yeah, the mono blue deck was miserable, but but rogues is fun. 
Dude, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather get Epiphany looped, honestly, than the turn one flyer, no. turn two Curious Obsession counter oh. every single play for the rest like, of the is game. Is Curious oh, that's Obsession like, better oh. than Kaido? Like, it's just like one mana draw every turn. Like, instead of three mana draw every turn, right? Like, this, this is so yeah. much. Right? This is so much more than than one than three mana draw a card every turn, right? Come on, we have to imagine and, that minus two is going to matter more often than not. And then, and we don't even have Curious Obsession at the moment yeah. in standard. So, yeah. And, 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 like, it's been a while, you know, it's been a whole set since we've had some rogue deck or a tempo deck to dunk on all, like, the big mana blue decks, right? And, and, and <laughs> nothing feels better than dunking on Epiphany players. So, like, and I, like, and we the, still and have rogues too. We, like, well, we still have rogues too. There's actually, like, we lost some of them, but there's still, like, Soaring Thought Thief, Merfolk Wind Robber. Can, can you give us, like, still... like, Soaring Over the Lock or something like that? And it's just the same, <laughs> it's a functional reprint. I would, I would love that. That's, that's what it needs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess drawn in the lock in uh in the card draw spell, whatever that was. I was just oh, draw four for four. Let me do that again. That was amazing. Like that one. Except, oh. except you love drawing cards. How could you not like that card? But I never played rogue, so I couldn't take advantage. I couldn't take advantage <laughs> of it. I just got jealous, like a commander game against Homer when he outdraws me. Like I see my opponent doing, it, I'm like, oh come on, I want to be doing that. But <laughs> well, and then on top of that, though, for all for all the uh, the anime lovers listening, I mean, there's the promo version, which, by the way. Is that like the Fist of the North Star style art? What's uh? Did you have you have it you is. seen the promo version? I think it is the oh. artist. They, oh, that they explicitly put it out there. So that that promo version is crazy, and it's you know anime art style, and it's Fist of the North Star for uh, you really OG anime viewers or readers <laughs> back then. It's it's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting during the preview stream. They talked about uh, partnering with a Japanese art studio to find uh, Japanese artists to do uh, some of the promos. So I think we're going to get some really cool art from, I mean, I don't know anime the way that you guys do, but I assume we're going to get a lot of really cool art from anime artists and other Japanese artists, which is uh, perfectly on flavor for Return to Kamigawa, I think. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I would never watch anime, so I don't I, <laughs> That's that's weird. There's Bojack Horseman art in the set. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but just to clarify, Kaido. So Kaido's not immortal. So a lot of people get this confused. So he phases out when he first when you first cast him, right? So that turn he can't be attacked. But when he phases back in, he does not trigger that ability again. When you phase in, you don't trigger ETBs. So afterwards, he can be attacked uh, like normal. Or if you have like instant speed planeswalker removal, you can fire it off before he phases out. Yeah. But, but I, yeah. I have to imagine that also that that passive is going to like probably be abusable. I mean, I'd like to think that like maybe there's a flicker effect or something. Yeah. Who knows? So you can protect it. So, but but uh, yeah, like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm putting too much faith into this card, but he you don't just make a planeswalker like that. Right. Without like kind of like supporting it. At least that's not the way uh, how the way things have gone in the last couple of years. So I, I have to imagine they're going to do something. A brief, brief sidebar. Uh, maybe the most shocking thing to happen in Magic in 2021 was uh, the return of phasing. Like seriously, before this year, I would have put phasing up with like banding is mechanics that would never return. These super confusing, really archaic, you know, 25 year old mechanics. I am absolutely shocked that they actually brought down. They didn't just bring back phasing, but they're actually using it like pretty regularly on a lot of cards. I thought, oh, maybe like, you know, it's just a thing for Teferi. It kind of fits the flavor of Teferi, a one-off thing. But now phasing is just like back and oh my goodness, is that a confusing mechanic? So yeah, that was I, one of the least likely things to happen this year, I think. I kind of felt like phasing is a thing that they that was going to happen eventually. 
uh, again. Uh, but but banding, I can't see, right? Like like banding. I mean, I hope not, because again, if I see banding, it's just it's always unblockable. <laughs> like like, like I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not blocking yeah. this for I lose. This is this is the card that people will play wrong for like two years straight at home and then they'll come to an LGS and be super confused and they'll like complain on Reddit how Kaito is like the most broken card ever because you can never attack your friend but because they just don't know how phasing works and it, it's weird because Wizards has power crept creature ETB so much that they're like look we need we need to temporarily <laughs> remove them from the battlefield without triggering the insane like exit and enter battlefield clauses so we'll just bring back phasing right like that's their solution it's- to this and it's just weird, right? Like it, it's just difficult to understand for new players. But again, I don't think Wizards is catering to new players anymore with like their textbook rules text. On yeah. Like see, every I was gonna card. say like, is is phasing any more difficult than like to understand than like the nine thousand words that go on Magic cards nowadays? <laughs> So, I mean, like, as like, evidenced by Twitch chat during the stream, yes, <laughs> people thought Kaido <laughs> could not be attacked. <laughs> well, they would be correct. On the turn, it comes down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Atsushi, the Blazing Sky. Two red red, four mana value, legendary creature, dragon spirit, four four, flying trample. When Atsushi dies, choose one. Exile the top two cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may play those cards uh, or create three treasure tokens. This card is absurd, right? Like, <laughs> is it? I, I think this is okay. Actually, you know what? The only reason why I think it wouldn't be absurd is because it doesn't do anything when it enters the, it enters the battlefield. So, and as I've learned in recent years, <laughs> things that don't do anything when they enter are usually not great. So, but at the same time, it's not like this is getting elked, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it does do something when it dies. So right. you should. I mean, I guess it could get exiled, exiled. or something. But in general, cool. you should get some value out of it. My concern is if if blue black has a tempo deck and then we have Auron's Misery, then that means we're going to have to deal with the fact that Fading Hope is still popular. And outside of alchemy, like if I'm talking normal standard, not alchemy, I am playing a dragon that doesn't do anything that and it needs to die, right? And if that's the case, Fading Hope is going to just straight up wreck this card. That's that is true. So, ah, boy, there's two reasons I am a little bit skeptical of this card. There's one thing I really like about it. And the thing I really like about it is how its death trigger kind of minimizes the drawback of drawing multiples. I think this is a legend you can definitely play four of because worst case, you draw a second one and you play it and you get three treasures. So you get your mana back here, draw some cards like that's an ideal, but you're not going to it's sushi flood essentially because you can get value out of the death triggers. My question for this card, though, is every single set wizards prince of mythic four four flying dragon for four like we got leyline tyrant we got mana form Hellkite, we got moonville region if you want to like expand out a little more there's gareless death prismari in two colors and mistrum predator not technically mythic but also in some decks like there's so many similar cards that are fighting for that so, and i thought most of these cards were like good to great when they were spoiled like mana form Hellkite was one of our top cards from its set moonville region was one of the top cards from its set leyline tyrant i think maybe snuck into the top 10 uh but those cards have been 
okay. They see a bit of play, but none of those have become like huge staples. And what we see is like, it depends on the deck that you're playing. You choose one of those. Like uh, some decks want a mana form, uh, a mana form Hellkite. Some decks would rather have a Moonveil Regent. So you have this, uh, this mix and matching going on based on your archetype. And I just don't know where Sushi fits in that. Like if mana form Hellkite isn't busted and Moonveil Regent isn't busted, is it sushi actually busted? I, I I don't know. I guess we just get so many of these. It's like full art lands. When you get a full art land every set, eventually you're just like, oh, it's a another one of those full art lands. Like, sure, it's not that special anymore. I think I'm getting to that point with these mythic four four flyers. We get one every set, and now they just kind of all blend together in my mind into one like huge lump of cards. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. That that's kind of just where I'm at. Like, so like at first I was like, oh, this seems amazing, and then I, and then I just like, oh wait, hold on. I don't know. It has to, it depends on the treasures, right? Like if the treasures are good, I guess like this is going to some kind of treasure heavy base, like tra treasure based deck. But then, yeah, like you had mentioned, there's just so many four mana dragons that just don't see play or like they don't see, like only one of them sees play. And it's weird because some of those are like really powerful. Like I, I what I assumed mana form Hellkite should be really good. doesn't really get played, but that's because again, I don't know. I mean, it, it, we're looking at standard and we're looking at the fact that you play it, it gets fading hoped. And I, I it feels like these four mana dragons are too slow. Uh, the only one that makes sense is probably Mistvale, whatever, the four mana where you can, you may discard your hand and draw two cards. That one where like, if you untap it, that you get to refill your hand. Yeah, I mean, the treasure thing is interesting. It does work with Magda, it does work with Goldspan, it does ramp you into, like, Alrin's Epiphany, so I can see the upside of the treasure mode, but still, oh, there's just so many other options. Yeah, I, it doesn't do enough. Weird, it, like, has so much text on it, but because it's on Death Trigger, that's a lot worse than ETB, and I don't know, it's just a little weak. And the, the four slot... Uh, the four mana slot is highly contested. So, like, even if you play a dedicated dragons deck, like, I don't know this would even fit in there. And it's legendary on top, so you can't even draw multiples. So, I you don't, I don't know. It, it's so insane that there's just so much text on this card, and we're like, we we can't we can't play. It reminds me of um, the the tech giant or whatever, the four mana three four. Like insane if oh, you actually yeah. get going with it, but like no one gets going with it, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> insane if your opponent decides to doom blade it for some reason but chances are they'll bounce it they'll block it they'll kill you with bigger green stuff they'll take extra turns and kill you or uh play exile removal uh so i i don't know that it's it's good enough yeah eh, just, I, the just year wait till they buff it needs needs etb like yeah if they or buff haste, it in like alchemy right like yeah yeah then that way it mitigates getting bounced right because i can just play it again <laughs> right like and then just to hit you with it now it I'm starting to think yeah, if it doesn't have ETB effects, it has to have haste. I mean, Questing Beast has it. Why? Why doesn't? Why doesn't this card have it? The new, the, whatever, the otherworldly moose. I don't know what it's called. The the, the, the four mana four from <laughs> um, the last set that's in green. Uvenwald uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, green has haste attached to everything. At this point, I'm just waiting till Noble Hierarch comes out in green and has haste. So, but <laughs> red is a color that should actually have it, right? I I, I think red is the one that I think of when I think of haste. And yet they don't have it. So it has trample, so you can get over the outer epiphany birds, Krim. Flample <laughs> is great. That would be great if I ever saw my turn again. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, we have Hiritsugu Devouring Chaos. Three in the black. Legendary creature, ogre demon, 4-4. Four, four. Black, sacrifice a creature, scry two. 
two in a red, tap, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn when you exile a non-land card this way. Uh, Hiritsugu deals damage equal to the exiled card's mana value to any target. Um, this card's really cool. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's probably super good, but it's a really, I, I just think it's a cool design. It's like a okay sack outlet. You can build around the like exile and play a bunch of big stuff in your deck and try to just like burn people out. But it's still, it's four mana, it's legendary, it costs mana to sacrifice a creature, Uh, it doesn't have flying or any evasion, it definitely doesn't do anything right away, I guess if you get up to like five or six mana, you could sacrifice something right away, so I don't know, maybe it can be like a a one of in the sack decks, like we have Immerstrom Predator, I think that's the the big issue, like if you're playing a sack deck, you got four mana Immerstrom Predator that sacrifices for free, it's hard for me to imagine Hidesugu actually beating that out in a sacrifice deck, but I don't know, we got a lot of stuff you want to sacrifice we got eye twitches and shambling gas so we have decks that could support it uh maybe it could show up as a one of in those decks or something but i think it probably gets beat out by amber storm predator for the short term at least in standard i, I think it gets beat out by the three mana one four that makes a treasure and you can sack creatures Ooh. like right like that that's just strictly better if i'm gonna pay and that mana, draws you cards yeah exactly it's gonna draw me a card right of course this is like cheaper in that it only costs one mana to sack as opposed to and it, but the thing here is this is four mana but the upside is that if this card untaps you know i i i just i don't see this being worth it but if it untaps i guess it's good i don't know or this is one of those cards removal? where it, <laughs> like, even if it untaps what does it do i <laughs> It, I, I, yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, sack, sack to scry two is pretty powerful. We've seen like Viserys here be a pretty good sack outlet because it lets mana, you though. dig for. And oh, that's true. That's free. But it lets you dig for like your finisher or whatever. So I, I could see there being some value there. What about in commander? Like, is this a a new chase commander? Is this something you're hyped to build around with the like uh, almost Eureka? I guess it only hits one really person hits though one with the person. damage, which makes it a little less exciting. But do you think it'll be a popular commander? I feel like Wizards must think this card is good because they did this crazy like promo versions yeah. for just this to, card to, and to this me, crazy this three minutes. So. Card of the year because Wizards <laughs> <laughs> apparently thinks this card is really good because they have like four promo versions with like the neon foiling and it looks like pretty awesome and only this card has it. So they like handpicked this card as like the the poster child promo version. And I I just cannot see it being played in any constructed format nor commander. <laughs> so I'm like, why? <laughs> right? So I, I feel this is going to get a mega alchemy buff or something. Um, that, but. That's hilarious. They did all of this, all these aesthetics just because they planned to alchemy buff it. <laughs> that means they... But like, why no, would not like, hit all tar... Like, any number of target players or something, right? Like, if, if it just domed everyone at the table, I'm like, okay, I can see commander appeal, right? But this is just a single target and so much setup required. I honestly feel like it should have. Like, I feel like not only would it have made it better for Commander, but it would have made it more in line with the original Hidesugu, which was a heartless Hidesugu where you tap it and everyone loses half their life total. Like, hitting everyone with that ability would have been a nice callback to to OG original Kamigawa Hidesugu, I think. What do you think of these promos. This is something we've never seen before. So they, uh, there's the pack version of Hidesugu, then there's like a yellow, blue, green, and pink version that has the same art but different colorings with a, a special neon foil or something that we've never seen before. And uh, the yellow one they're just giving away as a, as a promo at LGS's. The other ones are like 
ultra rare one in every hundred collector boosters and they get rare different rarities based on their color like i think the pink one is like the rarest of the bunch uh, what do you think of these like intentionally ultra rare pack promo things like is that a good idea in general I'm not going to remember what rarity any of the colors are, but I can tell you one thing. <laughs> Bury me in neon. Like, I I love everything about, like, visually and aesthetic-wise, I love it. I love, I, I hope that we get the whole cyberpunk treatment on everything uh, it, from this set. Uh, I, I, oh, God, dude. Visually, this it's so pleasing. Uh, keeping track of the rarity, as I said, though, I, I, I have no idea. What, what day is it? Like, like the thing here is, it, there's so many things to keep track of now. Like, I, I do worry that at some point, uh, we'll, like, I used to, well, like, I used to work as a card sorter, right? And I, I, I think one of the funniest things was when I had to sort Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That was because Yu-Gi-Oh had ultra rare, super rare, ghost rare. Uh, 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 like, you know, ocean deep blue rare and all of these other rares. And I'm just like, okay, hold on. Uh, how do I, how do I file this? This is like a, a mess. And I, and I do worry that if, if we start doing this, it's going to be like, it's going to be so hard to keep track of every rarity, especially when we already like, you know, like they, as long as it's just like mythic rare, but now it's like mythic secret rare, mythic super rare, mythic ultra rare. That's what it's starting to sound like here. Yeah, I, I like the neon. The neon effect is super cool. I, I don't like the fact that different colors are different rarity and the rarity is unknown. So if you're a player and you open, I think pink is the rarest. I think pink is the rarest. The red, the <laughs> I'm red pretty pink sure. one. Like you should be ecstatic that you opened a one in, I don't know what the odds are, right? But one of the rarest cards ever. But you can't tell from the card that it's rare and you're like i don't like pink i want blue and you trade with blue for your friend right like you know what i mean like at least with foils you're like look it's foily it looks different it should be more rare right or you know this has a mythic symbol i know mythics are more rare than rares right but yeah i i, I don't know and like why do you have to be like a a red hater like what if you liked red right why, why do you get stuck with like paying like you know 10x more than the blue one right because it's more rare like they should just made them all the same rarity and just made them all like more rare equally. Yeah, I mean, I kinda, like, 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 it could kind of be like how uh, Teferi, right? When that came out for uh, whatever core twenty twenty one, he had four different printings. I and like, I'm glad they made the differences actually like visually like noticeable because that one, <laughs> I just knew I had a variant of it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I I don't know which one it is, but that's great. So so I'm glad they changed that, but they should have just made them all about like the same rarity and equally rare. I kind of would prefer them to do the like one of a hundred thing or whatever for these ultra rare cards. Cause then at least, you know, if you see a card and it says, you know, number 69 of a hundred or whatever, yeah, like nice. uh, yeah, eh, then, you know, it's a, then, you know, it's actually like a, a rare card. Cause I do think that's an issue. I do think it looks awesome. And I have no problem with them making ultra rare cards. Like there, there's going to be a 50 cent version of Hidesugu that anyone's going to be able to access. So if the, the pink neon version ends up being $500 or something insane, I mean, I guess that's fine. That's like, the one I want the most. Oh, that one looks so good. Give me that hot neon pink. Oh, let me channel my hotline Miami. You know, like this, this is, this is what I want. Right. Just crack some uh, collector boosters, Grim. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because my luck is so good there. <laughs> well, the, the last thing they previewed was textless full art lands. Uh, like Japanese 
art style, no text. Like there's just like kanji on it, and then like a big mana symbol. Coming one in every three packs, so they'll be available in regular packs, just one in three instead of the usual one for every one pack. And I must say, these look amazing, and I don't know what they're doing because they've just killed all secret layer lands. Like I'm not sure why these <laughs> lands are so good, and they're just like regular lands, right? So on one hand, it's I'm extremely grateful for that we can pick these up on the cheap. But like, who's ever going to buy a secret layer lands pack now with these lands? Well, because yeah. th- this this is just the tip of the iceberg. Then then comes the actual secret layer from Kamigawa lands. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> right right now, you just need to count your blessings because you know they're going to roll out some basics in a secret layer. They're going to be along the lines of this, and it's going to be godly. Like these are so gorgeous. I I don't even know. Like. I, I would play. I would replace all my snow basics in my snow deck for this. <laughs> That's how beautiful they are. <laughs> I mean, they they really are. Uh, maybe the uh, nicest basics Wizards has ever just printed in a, in a normal pack like this. Like that, they aren't some special promo. Like they look so amazing. And I'm not even like an anime fan or anything. Like I don't have any specific like connection to this style of art. And I think they're some of the most beautiful lands that they've ever made. So yeah, I'm super happy that they're going to be accessible. Like it's always disappointing when they spoil something like this and they're like, Oh, you get one in every collector booster, but everyone else you get like the normal, you know, normal basic land. So, uh, even though I do get what you're saying, Richard, that this, uh, this probably does. These are nicer than most of the secret layer lands that they made so far. And maybe that will diminish the demand for them to some extent, like hard to complain about getting these lands out of normal packs and everyone being able to have access to them. Like this is like gorgeous, traditional, just Japanese art, right? Like this is like stunning, right? Like you have, you have like the islands, which have like the, the origami cranes and stuff like that. Oh man, the, the mountain, like the one specifically, not the one of the mountaintop with the flames floating around, but the one where it's like the town that, that is beautiful. But, but the thing to stand out for me here, uh, you, you can just throw away the forest, but, uh, the, the, the thing here is the, the swamp. The swamps are the star here for me. Like, I cannot get enough of these swamps. Like, oh my god, they are beautiful. I just like the framing where they have the oh, kanji yeah. and then the, the giant mana symbol. So n- nowhere on the card does it say swamp or plains or anything like that unless you read Chinese or Japanese. Uh, but, like, it, it just, like, really pops and, like, really finishes it and I, is this the first time we've had like textless lands do we have textless lands no we uh, like without like is there a planes that does not say planes on it anywhere uh there's there's gotta be right I th- I what about like, like the unhinged and unglued do they say they technically on say oh i guess they, they don't do they maybe they don't they do they oh, do. No, I'm pretty sure they do. Hold on, let me let me let me uh, just look that up real quick. But <laughs> yeah, like so, like the unhinged like islands, right? They 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 do say island on the top. Yeah, like on uh, the very top. So maybe this might be the, actually you might be right. These uh, at least as of right now, off the top of my head, I don't think there's anything that just doesn't say anything. Like it's like textless. Uh, yeah, they, they look, look super sweet. clean. Well, like the writing, I guess the one thing is like, what's the writing say? Is does it say island? Yeah, Mount- it's, it's, okay, it's, it's island in Japanese. So, so it's not textless. It's just it's really cool that it's like for it's like a foreign writing, right? Yeah. Like 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 showing the other languages. Like I think that's super badass. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm gonna pick up 
a set of these. This is this is <laughs> this this is fine. they got me. They got me with these basics. I, I'm finally gonna get some like new basics instead of playing like random draft garbage pile basics in my commander decks. Gonna, oh, I, I, I'm gonna, gonna mix them nice together. Ones. I'm gonna mix those together. This is gonna be beautiful. You're gonna see white border ninth edition, and oh. then also like oh. <laughs> these basics. Oh. It hurts just to hear you say that, Cram. Oh my goodness. Oh, I I'm, think I'm cringing on the inside. Wait, wait. I, no, I'm gonna buy these and erase the border so they're white. Border. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think when I like last time I played Richard in Magic, I cracked a polluted Delta Expedition and I got my ninth edition white like island. <laughs> it's just like oh the duality. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, I think that's all of our Kamigawa well, spoilers. So we haven't... Oh, go ahead, I, Graham. I guess, like, the one thing before we change the, the topic on Kamigawa, though, is this is this is really cool, right? Like, would you say this is, like, a, a sweet release so far? Because I this is one of the things where I think this world is, a to, is like, a world that I really want to spend more time in. And I'm kind of sad we're only here for, like, one set. I, I kind of wish we would go back to at least, like, a two-set, like, block. Like this, like when there's a really cool world, I wish we could stay there a little bit longer. I don't know what, like that, that's the only thing that bums me out. It's like, I know that Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is going to be it. Right. And then, and then we're going to move on to the next one. And I wish we'd stay here a little bit longer. I, I'm a big believer in two set blocks. Like I I would like to see them go back to that being like the norm. And I think one of my biggest concerns with this return to Kamigawa in specific is that's a lot to fit in one set. Like a lot of people want to return to Kamigawa, but Kamigawa has so much going on. You got the spirits and the ninjas and the samurai and these like weird creature types like rats. You have the arcane stuff. Like there's so many things, equipment, sub themes, legendary sub themes. That's a lot to try to fit in one set of 250 new cards or whatever it, it ends up being with the, you know, a big chunk of those being random commons that aren't going to fulfill most of those themes anyway. Like that seems like a really big challenge. So yeah, I, I would also like to see more two set blocks for things like this. I think I hear you, but, but mob <laughs> magic, MTG mob gangster world, like, come on, <laughs> right? Like we will return back to here. Like we'll return to here like eight times. So you're sick of it. Right. So I think it's okay to space it out. Right. And, you know, we're going to have secret layer Kamigawa and like, uh, you know, you'll see Kamigawa cards. Alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. Alchemy will have some cards. <laughs> you'll see cards and commander products and we'll sure enough revisit this plane if it's popular, like in a year or two. So I think I'm fine with it, especially given that, you know, we're getting other sweet new worlds um, and we're not, you know, if they were just like, oh, we're turning Innistrad for the 18th time. I'm like, hey, please don't. Right. But we're going to new worlds <laughs> like Kamigawa sacrificed itself for new worlds. So I'm, I'm fine with that. I also wonder if Wizards was a little nervous about how well Kamigawa would do, because what I've seen from people talking about Kamigawa, like some people love it and it's like the plane they want to return to most. And then other people just like it's one of their least favorite sets and remember how like powered down it was and bad a lot of the mechanics were in the first Kamigawa. So I wonder if Wizards was like a tiny bit nervous about going back to Kamigawa based on that and when decided to do one set as like a kind of a tester to see if, you know, see how it works, see if people liked it and bought it. And this was a way to kind of dip their toes in the pool and get the temperature of the community on Kamigawa. I, I, I think for me, it, like Kamigawa was mostly uh, the first time around was ruined by by gta <laughs> like like when i when i was playing that it was just like i had a sideboard gta to blow up opposing gta's 
So, because that was back when the legendary rule was a thing. And, and if you, if you just didn't have a GTA, you, you were like, there was no reason that you would ever play a creature deck, right? Because you would just get bodied by an opposing GTA. I mean, it also just has some of the worst mechanics. I, I mean, that too. <laughs> like, but, but like sweep. Oh my God. Sweep is so horrible. Soul shift. Oh my goodness. Like, I so mean, yeah, those, it, had, those, it had other issues. Those mechanics are obviously doubly wor- like, like are, aren't great, but they're doubly worse when, when, if you're trying to play a creature in a format that is dominated by GTA, it just, it, it whole, <laughs> that, 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 that was just such a bad feeling when I would try to play any creature. <laughs> I, yeah, I that, think that makes sense. Fears are overblown. Like I, like how many people played Kamigawa? Like maybe like five percent, one percent. Like if Magic has like doubled every year since like fifteen years ago, right? Like the the original Kamigawa players are very far and few. So I, all they gotta do is just slap some anime on it, and they'll like they'll sell gangbusters. So I, I think it's fine. I think Japanese culture. Uh, is pretty popular nowadays, so I think the set will do fine. I mean, yeah, like like just look at, for example, like the Mystical Archives, like those those artworks just yep. sold, right? They flew off the shelves. Like I loved them, and you know, like it, I mean, it's just beautiful art, right? Like it's amazing. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Hit up a couple other topics. Uh, next on our list, we actually had an alchemy tournament. What I think is the first uh, fairly big alchemy tournament, the Hooglandia Open. Uh, didn't end up with a ridiculous number of players. I think it was 40-something altogether. Uh, but we did get a competitive look at what this new format looks like, and apparently it's all about uh, all about the dragons. If you look at the most performing decks, uh, Town Razor Tyrant, the most played card, one of the new alchemy cards, Goldspan even being nerfed is still there, lots of decks built around ramping with Fearsome Whelp, which uh, lives up to its name. That card is really frightening if you can't kill it on turn two, uh, and it starts reducing the cost of uh, of dragons but what do you think what do you think of alchemy now that we actually get a look at what the competitive meta looks like at least the the early look at the competitive meta if if the biggest concern is a fair mid-range deck getting mana reduction then then that's great <laughs> i think this is this has been like i've i played a boros version like but like i i don't know i think i don't know the video go up i don't know i, th- I think it, 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 i was playing a, a version of this uh like right at spoiler season because fearsome wolf and that card you know i i wasn't sure how good it would be but then i remember the emperor card from hearthstone where it would reduce the cost of everything in your hand by one at the end of turn and holy crap dude fearsome wolf is the truth that card single-handedly makes this deck work if 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 the deck does not have this i don't i don't know how good this deck is but but when they have the fearsome wolf on too like it is absolutely awesome like it is such a powerful powerful magic card um (laughs) because it takes it makes every single one of those four drops now three it curves out perfectly uh and the biggest problem with dragons was that it was always just too clunky right and uh it it does what i want it to do because it has chandra dress to kill which by the way is a card i had on my list but you know i I was wrong it wasn't standard i thought it would get played in i meant to say it was alchemy that i thought it'd get played in (laughs) because this card is the truth here i i think i think fearsome whelp chandra and orb of dragon kind all look really good town razor tyrant uh just people think oh just sacrifice the land it's like well let's see you sacrifice a land (laughs) on your turn three right like that's that's pretty 
pretty powerful. And over time, like if you try to keep this land that I target with Town Razor on until like turn six or seven, you're going to be very low and you're risking yourself at dying from my numerous hasters. Um, on top of that, it Town Razor Tyrant just being able to shut off a creature land is absolutely powerful. Like it, it just removes every ability that isn't a mana producing ability. I love that. Uh, just, yeah, alchemy, alchemy is sweet. Dragons is sweet. I'm, I'm in love with this format. If it, outside of the financial side of it, the financial side of it is abysmal. I'm, I'm just surprised at like how different this looks from standard. Like they released what 60, 60 cards. They nerfed and buffed 10 cards, something like that, like a, a relatively small number. And it's really two completely different meta games. Like going by the Huglandi Open, you got Clerics, a deck that has always failed in standard. You got Dragons, maybe the, probably the biggest deck, a deck that has never really, like sure, yeah, is it Dragons, but really that's just trying to ramp into Elrond's Epiphany. These are like straight up, play a ton of Dragons, playing Tiamat, some of them, there's like five color Tiamat Dragons. Uh, so those are the decks that are big in this new alchemy format. You don't see Mono Green, you don't see Mono White, you don't really see Elrond's Epiphany, which are the big decks in standard. So I, I like that this is so different. That was one of my biggest concerns about Alchemy when we were talking about it before it released is like, well, if this just ends up as being standard and it's still just Epiphany Fest and Mono White and Mono Green and it doesn't feel different and you got all this cost of like a literal cost as far as getting more cards, but plus like complexity and nerfs and all this stuff, like that's what would cause this format to fail. But I'm pretty excited that it just looks so much different. And I think it adds another like super legitimate option to play on Arena, which I think is a bonus. Like standard, I just don't really like right now because there's so many Epiphanies running around. Like that's just not an enjoyable experience. And Mono Green. So having this and mono green and mono white to a lesser extent no, no, just but, mono green. Uh, yeah <laughs> you're okay with mono white just not mono green yeah, I, but it's nice stomp to have me in mono white <laughs> stomp me in but it's nice to have this option available and i've still had a lot of fun with it i know it's still like pretty controversial and some people love it and some people hate it but i've had a pretty good experience so far playing alchemy but what do you think richard i'm not convinced here so i, I i'm waiting for a deck list to see if i should invest in the format since I didn't play last standard, so I have to get like all the standard cards and all the alchemy Ooh. cards. But seeing some of these cards, like I don't know, right? Like Wizards is playing with fire, right? Like Fearsome Whelp, that's just uncontrollable snowball, right? Like that is like playing a ramp spell that cannot be removed. And uh, it actually like double ramps you and triple ramps you depending on how many dragons you have in your hand. So I don't, I don't know. But there is a cost to it. Like, I mean, let me, let me tell you something. As someone Is there a cost who, to it? Like, yeah, you play your yeah. dork, they remove it. But you've already ramped, right? The things in your hands are already ramped. Well, the thing here is these dragon decks, the issue is, I can't, I can't tell you how many times this happens. I have, like, only one dragon or two dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, the only time I'm loaded with dragons, oh, God, I, it's literally in the video. It's a play set of Fearsome Whelps. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> So it's like, oh, one mana fearsome whelps. Look, I have all this mana reduction. Too bad I have Chandra and, and removal spells. So this, I mean, this card is a, is really good. Don't get me wrong; it's amazing, but it feels like it's not like when I draw a, a growth spiral in the late game. It's not like when I draw like you know all those things where like the ramp that draws or does something or generates a body. Like this, this body is a one one flyer, and 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 that's it. And once you've dis like once you've played out your dragons, it just does nothing. It's just a one one. So I I think 
it's powerful enough to still warrant obviously the playset. As I said, this like card makes the whole deck work, but it's not absurdly OP. All right, give give me the recommendation. I, should I buy into Alchemy now, or should I wait <laughs> further, or should I play standard? I mean, <laughs> it's it's I mean, it's not like a. Prices are, are going to go up. <laughs> it, is, it is on arenas. You don't got to beat the, like, beat the buyout it, is it or anything. Like firing oh, or people man. actually playing, using <laughs> diversity. Like, you know, like, is oh. it, it. What if there was an arena, like, secondhand market? Like, oh, Fearsome Wolf has gone up in wild card value. <laughs> to, the, to the moon. <laughs> yeah. To the moon. <laughs> yeah, now it costs a rare wild card. I, I will say, Fearsome Wolf, like. <laughs> I could see it getting nerfed. I could see it getting nerfed to trigger on your upkeep rather than your end step. So then you could kill it with sorcery speed removal. I watched the finals uh, in a little bit of the, it wasn't really top eight, but the last few rounds of the Huglani Open and uh, the person who ended up winning, like the the last game that they won, they played for some up on turn two and their hand was like goals ban, townspawn tyrant, and double inferno of star mounts or whatever. And it just sat out and all of a sudden their golds ban was like two mana. Their inferno was two mana. And it was, how do you beat that? Like, how, what do you do to beat that? So I could see it getting nerfed. I think the nerfing is, is my big concern, honestly. That's my concern with some of the decks I've made. Like uh, some of the decks that I've played on stream or on video, like I want to tell people, oh, buy this historic deck because it's really sweet. Like the, uh, the captain combo deck is bonkers and it does such crazy things but i really think like oh that card's probably gonna get nerfed and that would be my concern with encouraging you to buy into like oh this deck won a tournament mono red dragons you just don't know so it's fun and i've really enjoyed playing alchemy like much more than i've enjoyed playing standard recently so on that level i would say yeah buy into it because it's actually really fun and it's random we'll see if it wears off eventually with the snowballs and the randomness that is inherent in the format but for right now it's super enjoyable it's just a huge huge financial commitment because you don't know if you buy into one of these good decks today if it'll still be a good deck two weeks from now after the next round of nerfs and buffs come out so if you do buy in you got to be you got to be expecting it to be really expensive. <laughs> See, yeah, this is this is the weird pickle that you're in because, like, I think the beauty is that it can be nerfed, right? Like, this is a digital format. But then the downside is that this isn't Hearthstone. We don't have like a re- like a return to like a, like giving us our dust back or anything like that. So, or like to to give you full like you know value back when it gets nerfed or something like that, right? Like like Hearthstone has a system in place, uh, Magic does not. So that that's the bummer about it. But the beauty is that yeah, like tomorrow maybe this could get nerfed, but then that means there's a new format. So it, it's this weird situation that you're in where it's like, you know, like ugh, obviously it sucks and and whatnot. But I guess a new format's always fun. Yeah, as a, as a player, I enjoy it. As someone who spends a ton of money to have all the cards and I can just build another deck, that's enjoyable to have a fresh format. But at the same time, to like someone who is watching a video or something, I don't know what to recommend to people. Like, uh, the format's fun. I think you'll enjoy playing the format. But, like, do you want to take the risk of spending all your resources on a deck that could be banned two weeks or not banned, but nerfed out of being playable two weeks from now or a month from now? And I don't know the answer to that. I guess it depends on how how many wild cards you have and how willing you are to spend on the format. So that's where I'm at. I do very much enjoy it, but I'm also in a somewhat unique position where I have all the cards. So if you nerf away a deck that I built, then whatever, I build another deck. If you're not in that position, 
I don't know. It's definitely safer to play something like standard. It's going to be less chaotic. Uh, so I guess it depends on just your position with the arena economy, really. I think I'm going to wait until the first BNR for Alchemy to see how they approach it. Like, are they going to flip over 30 cards or are they going to be like, nah, it's fine. Like, no changes. Uh, but I see adult gold dragon in 20% of decks. <laughs> I'm not yep. spending my wild cards on a tall gold dragon. <laughs> this tells me Fierce and Whelp is on the way out, right? Like, the, like I don't know. I, I see cards like this, and I'm like, there's something severely broken in these decks, and it's not adult gold dragon. So, oh, dude, you're not a believer. You're, dude, dude. Have you been like? Have you ever been hit by a haste creature? <laughs> like it's just legitimately load up on haste and smack somebody, right? Like, and that's that's fun. I mean, it it is. It's exactly what we need to do so we don't get outrun epiphany, right? Like, they need to sweat. <laughs> and the thing here is that that card does that. As funny as it sounds, like that legitimately does that. And and Inferno, the Star Mounts, all these cards, these are great. The, if, if anything, the one thing I'm thinking is going to get nerfed is the captain. Oh, yeah, that's that's 100% getting nerfed. Yeah, that. I, w- I would be shocked if that wasn't nerfed. <laughs> that card is so incredibly broken. Yeah. Uh, also, did you notice, speaking of alchemy, um, <laughs> wizards, wizards with their punt. And I'm pretty sure this was a was a punt. But uh, Rahilda, the, the mythic werewolf that sees a lot of play, uh, the backside does not have a color indicator, so it's uh, technically colorless, even though it looks like a red card, which is something that I, I think they just forgot to put the color indicator on it, and that's actually come up a few times people have been talking about in their gameplay, where, like, um, you can't vanishing versus the backside, but you can get the front side because the backside is actually colorless, or you can, like, pump it with Forsaken Monument. There's all these really Wait. awkward, weird shenanigans. How is uh, it? Because they just... Wouldn't it so, still retain the front side's mana cost and and all uh, like it, it? It does not. No. If you look at any any double face card on the type line, there's this little circle that has colors in it because there's no mana cost on the backside, and that's how you know the color of the of the the flip card. Because some of them are different on the front and back. Like uh, Avison from our second Innistrad was white on the front and red on the back. So you got to go by the color indicator, and they just apparently forgot to put it on Rahilda, even though it clearly is intended to be a red card. <laughs> but yeah, so they just forgot to put it on, so it's like accidentally colorless at the moment. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, <laughs> which I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if they kind of rushed to get this set out a little bit or something. Uh, but uh, well, but yeah, so that's only <laughs> this week one on or bluff. That's only one pun. I'm surprised because otherwise that's, everything else kind of works, right? I think. Yeah, everything else yeah well seek the wilds i haven't played it recently but last oh, i knew I, that i, I was still putting the... a fake land into your hand but other than other than that yeah, yeah whatever it, it worked better than i expected that's for sure yeah like like but, uh, one to two cards this is look at look at watsy go i'm digging this i'm liking this watsy <laughs> where it's like only two problems so far they're like, very that's low really... expectations as paying customers i should not be doing qa for them right like this is very low expectations right you don't go to your bank and you're like ah oh, you only you know, missed my deposit by five dollars. That's pretty good. Right? No, <laughs> you expect it to be perfect, right? Like, <laughs> maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, the 
the color indicator is just a big one because that's like been on every split card of all time. So it's a very weird thing to miss. But why, like, why I would assume it like by now. That's the question, right? Like, okay, maybe it gets out, but most games within like an hour or two hours of these problems happening, they get it patched, right? It's a digital game. You can do it. So that's the real question. I mean, holidays. <laughs> Maybe there's a like a one in a million chance they intended it to be colorless for some reason. <laughs> I, I would assume it would look more colorless if that was the goal, but yeah, I, I don't know. Holidays is probably a good answer. I think everyone at WotC is off, except for that one intern frankly I, running I, I, around I'm trying sorry, to keep both Moto and Arena going. 100% off. It's the holidays. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> this, cannot, <laughs> this cannot be done. <laughs> uh, all right. I think... Uh, I don't know if we want to get into modern prices, actually. Maybe we save that for our next uh, our next pet cast in the New Year's, because I think it's actually like kind of a big and interesting topic. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about the, the cost of modern decks, but uh, we're kind of getting to the fishmail time of the cast. So let's hold that one over for the new year. And Richard, uh, why don't you give us some uh, some fish mail? All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail. We'll get to your questions on air. Blue Team Turtle, what would collector packs look like on Arena if they were a thing? $4, double, <laughs> triple rares, alchemy set cards, free cosmetics. What would a collector's booster look like on Arena? <laughs> I um, would. It would probably be cosmetics. Like, I, I guess it would actually kind of work if you, like, opened a card and you got the card and, like, the, the special cosmetic version of it. Uh, multiple rares and mythics could also work. They could throw in some of the old like special lands. The lands come in and out of the store, like the unhinged lands or the mirage lands pop up for a month or two and then they go away and you can't buy them. They could just randomly throw stuff like that into them, which would actually actually be kind of neat. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, but it would not be as generous as we're all imagining so what I, <laughs> if they add collector packs they're going to try to extract more money out of us so i i don't think it'd be a value play for us but it'll be like oh you want these, these new secret layer type cards like collector boosters on arena only uh, yeah uh corel underscore how do you how much do you think alchemy's digital cards should prioritize readability versus clarity i.e. change Grizzled Huntmaster to ETB sideboard a creature, and the rules could spell out what that meant. Seems this is clearer and less daunting. So, ah, oh boy. Yeah, that's, that's really tough. One of the things I like about Magic is the cards, in general, do really describe what they do. I know something I've noticed playing other games sometimes is... You're not 100% sure how cards work, and then you'll you'll play it, and you won't know, like, oh, does this happen first or second or uh, whatever, and then you end up, like, uh, I guess you learn as you go, kind of, by making mistakes, but I kind of appreciate that Magic cards do a really good job of spelling out exactly how it works, exactly what it does. Grizzle Huntmaster, I honestly think they, they just put way too much text on that unnecessarily. Like, I'm not sure why they had to have it, like, search your library in hand for extra copies of card like that's such a weird fringe upside it could have just been like three mana etb 
exile a card from your hand, conjure a card, a duplicate of a card from your sideboard. And that's like really gronkable, really straightforward. So I kind of feel like this is a case of like, I don't know, Wizards just going way, uh, adding way too much text for a card for minimal upside. Like the, uh, I played Gears of Mister a ton. The number of times that I actually go through my deck and exile all the copies of a creature that I intentionally put in my deck because I wanted it in my deck so I could draw it and play it is really, really small. Like that doesn't happen one out of every 10 times, one out of every 20 times, something like that. So I feel like they just added a bunch of text on there for no reason that makes it way more confusing than it needed to be. I think Wizards has always had this issue where they, they want their cards to uh, be 100% correct. So you have cards like Chains of Mephistopheles, like no one knows what that does. You have like Oubliette, <laughs> it's like an O-ring, but like it's a, it's a textbook on there. Uh, Animate Dead, right? Like it's just literally an enchant thing on a graveyard, but they have like so much text on it just to get around like these weird edge cases. So I... I think they should literally say ETB sideboard a card, a creature, and then there will be, you know, clarification rules somewhere else for you to get all the edge cases because like no one will read this paragraph and understand what it's doing, right? Like you ask your friend and then they'll be like, okay, ETB sideboard a creature. You're like, okay, right? <laughs> and then you do it, right? So I think magic can work on making cards easier to understand, even if they're not 100% correct because like, 99% of the time you're using it in the normal way and only 1% of the time do you run into that weird edge case that the rules will fix so you should optimize for that 99%. I mean maybe on arena in specific for these visual only cards maybe they could have a short version of the text on the card and then kind of like the the spell books or whatever you can like right click and actually see the full rules text if you want to that that might be the best of both worlds for these digital only cards. All right. Benjamin with I. Hey guys, I just finished binging Arcane on Netflix. Huge wreck for anyone who hasn't seen it, even if you don't know anything about LOL. Uh, I was wondering why do you think Wizards decided to just screen grab scenes from the show for Arcane Secret Lair? I, I bet you that's just specifically an Arcane thing. I, I, I'm starting to think more and more every day that a lot of that was on like the the riot side of things right like they wanted you to showcase the show just like how example like uh, maybe i i'm putting a lot of faith in watsy here but i think originally watsy probably would have loved to have a character like jace or, or or vi or jinx or any of them on it like in card form but i think that's probably like just a you know a licensing thing so i also wonder how quickly stuff like this comes together like do they wait until arcane was popular and we're like hey blizzard like you know or whatever riot let's uh let's make some cards for this and did it all in like a week and just like mocked up the cards and threw them on secretlayer.com and and then you got a product like i wonder if this is something that was planned out a year ahead of time or if it came together really quickly after the popularity of the series so so the the extra piece of news we got was we got the other two cards which was gromp uh which is not something that appeared in arcane at all uh, and Summoner's Rift, uh, which I guess is just Summoner's Rift. And like, I think Krim is right that there was probably some disagreement on what was allowed and what was not allowed. But I feel Wizards should have just walked away from it and said, no, right? Like, we're not going to produce this subpar product and ruin our name, right? Like, why? Like, if you can't use Vi or Jinx or whatever, like, what are you getting? You're getting nothing, right? So just walk away from the deal. So I, I don't understand. And I, and I do think it was a very failed money grabbing from both sides right i don't think arcane should have agreed to this either right like i think they should have had like premium cards and not kind of done this because i think it dilutes both 
But since you know, I'm a huge fan of Arcane and, and Riot, I'll just side with them, <laughs> right? I just play Wizards, but I, I feel it's like it looks bad on both of them, though, right? So I feel like it was a wasted opportunity, and maybe they revisit, or maybe this one sells well, and they're like, look how well it sold using like generic screen grabs. What if we produce real unique art, right? Like maybe it'll actually sell even better, and they'll come back for season two and actually give us all the cards we were expecting. I mean, I, I definitely ordered my secret layer though. As much oh, as I, I can't believe you sold out, Crib. How, how <laughs> could I not? It's cool. It's let cool. Me, let me make you some custom altars. I too can screenshot. <laughs> my I, I, it's great. I, I mean, okay. Like I, I think, yeah, I, I wish, like, as I had mentioned, I really do wish I got to play with like Jinx and Vi and like, you know, like Echo and all of them, right? Like that would have been really cool. But... I guess until then, I have these screenshots that are, are kind of kind of like it, right? Like, <laughs> I get I get the Jace Ristic Study. I mean, on top of that, the card is Ristic Study, right? So there, there's just no way I'm not playing a Ristic Study. And the duress, like the artworks are all amazing. Like, I I, I think they're really cool. Like, really well. Like the the artwork in a lot of them is 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 pretty fun. The only one that I had an issue with was maybe the Counterflux one. Like that one was probably the worst artwork and entry into the the set. Otherwise, the hex core, seeing Jace on Path to Exile, Ristic Study, you know, and getting getting round two with Vi and all that as Seize the Day. Like these are all these are all really really uh, sweet scenes from the show. Like Croson Grip, one of the few green cards that I do love. Um, and yeah, like Croson Grip hasn't that awesome scene where Vi is just like battling next alongside Jace. So. Really, really fun for those that watch the show. Um, for others, this will just hopefully just be a cheap way to get a ton of cards. But realistically, it would only be Ristic Study just driving the price on this this like set. All right. Last question. Blue Team Turtle, any bets on how long before Arena introduces cards as NFTs that would allow trading of digital assets and limited print runs? Isn't that, isn't that Moto? Ooh. It's Moto, right? It's Moto without <laughs> just Moto. the regulation... That Moto <laughs> was running into, right? Yeah, like I, yeah, I think so that's. Do, just do we like moto, moto economy or do we like arena economy? You know what I think? I like Moto economy. I hate, I hate it. I hate Moto economy. And, and on top of that, the one thing I do like, I despise is that I have to pay real currency uh, for for cards that I don't even get to own. And but I also don't think arena is perfect either. I think what needs to happen is. You put the barcodes like Pokemon does in the booster packs, which is a redemption for like in-game booster packs. And this way I'll actually want to buy booster packs uh, in real life and then also be able to redeem them in-game. I I, th- I so, still don't know why Magic doesn't do that. So Arena would be better if they gave it away for free? I, I would agree with that. I, mean, I don't well, think Wizards it's not, uh, is, is, really, it's <laughs> is not, really thinking that way, but I would love it. I, I don't know if it's free, right? Because you're still spending $3 a pack, right? And you only get one barcode. And so, like, I mean, it's the same for Pokemon. I don't, I mean, obviously Pokemon is an IP that definitely moves itself real easily. So they're not hurting for money. But I would say that Magic can totally do the same. 
I, I would love that. I mean, the I think what makes a moto economy better is the the way it's structured allows for the existence of a subscription model with loan programs. For me, that's like the biggest deal. Like if somehow the arena economy could could have something similar to that, that would solve so many of my issues with the arena economy. So for me, that's what puts Magic Online uh, ahead is you can pay so much a month or a week or whatever and just play with all the cards. And uh, as opposed to Magic Arena, where I, I dread opening packs because it's just like all these, you know, random gems staring back at you as you try to find the one mythic you need to play a deck. And it's it's just not a fun experience. Somehow Arena makes opening packs not fun for me. And I love opening packs more than just about anyone I know. I, I think the the Arena economy, though, having to deal with the misery of like potentially just spending thousands of dollars and still not getting what you need. I do like that I have the latter. I do like that I can play the game. Whereas Moto, I do not like that I have to pay entry fees into queues. But of course, I know that like that all ties into a, a bigger event, right? But you can just charge me for those. But like I think trophies and leagues and stuff like that, I don't know. I, I just hate paying for every time I enter. There are free games on Moto. But those, let's uh, be honest. We here. don't use them very much. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. Like, sure, there technically are free queues, but you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm trying to play into. I want to play a ladder. I want to play something like that. So Arena gives me the ladder, but and, and I don't have to pay for that, but that's because I pay for the premium by, you know, spending like... To get the cards. Yeah, to yeah. get the cards. So, so to answer the question, I think Wizards would never do this because they do not take risks in digital at all, right? So I think the real answer is like, if Hearthstone will do it, and if Hearthstone does it successfully, Wizards might follow them into it, right? I think Hearthstone is the market leader here. And Wizards played around with the real auction house back in Diablo three days, right? So they are willing to take these risks and it blew up in their face, right? People did not like the real money auction house. They did not like what it did to the game. But that was a long time ago, right? That was before... People were used to opening their wallets and microtransactions and all those things. So I would not be surprised if Blizzard takes another go at it at some time, right? Where they try to introduce a real economy back into their games. And Hearthstone would be the perfect place to do it. And if it is successful, then I think Wizards would follow. So I think that's the only way it plays out. But I Blizzard does have this history, right? They did try real money auction house before. So it would not be shocking if they tried it again. That's all the questions we have time for this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 360 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Graham, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And most of all, thanks to all of you for listening. Have a spectacular holiday season, everyone. Uh, thanks again for listening. And this is a crew signing out. Bye.